0: Hello, friends, and welcome to End of the Word, a radio and online program committed to reading, loving, and living the whole counsel of God. I'm your host and Bible guide, Pastor Paul Carter. Your word is a lamp unto my feet. Hope you have your Bible open today in front of you to Jonah chapter 2. This is one of my favorite chapters in all the Old Testament. It contains the prayer and records the conversion, I think, Of a dying man. Now, whether he dies or not is actually a bit of a disputed matter. There are commentators who believe that Jonah died in the belly of the fish. They believe that he lived long enough to repent and to pray, but then he died, and the fish vomited him up on the dry land, and he was there resurrected. That actually makes a fair bit of sense. Jonah does speak in his prayer about going down into the grave, into the dead, but then again, maybe that's just a metaphor. Most scholars don't think Jonah actually died. They think this is a rescue story, not a resurrection story. They think that God kept Jonah alive, barely alive perhaps, but alive in this fish for three days and three nights before disembarking him back on dry land somewhere on the way to Nineveh. But whether this is a resurrection story or a rescue story at the end of the day doesn't really matter because it is a story about how God sometimes must bring us very low to raise us again to ourselves, to our duty, and to our proper worship and service. It is a story about a God who knows how to save and restore his people. It is a story about how down is the way up and about how death is the way home. Hear now the word of the Lord beginning at verse 1. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the belly of the fish. Now, I, I love what Matthew Henry writes here. He says, Many that prayed not at all, or did but whisper prayer when they were in prosperity, are brought to pray, nay, are brought to cry by reason of their affliction. And it is for this end that afflictions are sent. And they are in vain if this and be not answered. Afflictions teach us to pray, Matthew Henry is saying. Many a mother learns to pray by enduring the physical suffering or spiritual wandering of her children. Many a husband learns to pray by the bedside of his weak or frail wife. Disease, disaster, and affliction remind us of our weakness, our smallness, and our desperate need for mercy and comfort from on high so it was with Jonah and so it is with each of us verse 2 gives us the content of his prayer he prayed saying i called out to the lord out of my distress and he answered me out of the belly of sheol i cried and you heard my voice for you cast me into the deep into the heart of the seas and the flood surrounded me all your waves And your billows passed over me. Here, Jonah prays in the language of the Psalms. Consider how closely his prayer mirrors the words of Psalm 42, verse 7, which says, Deep calls to deep at the roar of your waterfalls. All your breakers and your waves have gone over me. One commentator I read even felt the need to defend Jonah against the charge of plagiarism here, but I don't think it's reasonable to expect a man being swallowed by a whale to use Turabian footnotes. No, I I think the point here is that in an emergency, we tend to breathe out what Bible we have breathed in. Therefore, I think the lesson in this is that the more scripture you have memorized, the better you will pray in a crisis. Verse four goes on to say, Then I said, I am driven away from your sight, yet I shall again look upon your holy temple. The waters closed in over me to take my life. The deep surrounded me. Weeds were wrapped around my head at the foot, at the root of the mountains. I went down to the land whose bars closed upon me forever. Yet you brought up my life from the pit Oh, Lord, my God, when my life was fainting away, I remembered the Lord and my prayer came to you into your holy temple. Now, here again, we're faced with the question of whether Jonah actually died here or merely fainted away. The language can be taken in either sense. Listen again, the waters closed in over me to take my life. The deep surrounded me. Weeds were wrapped about my head at the roots of the mountains. I went down to the land whose bars closed upon me forever. Yet you brought up my life from the pit, O Lord my God. So Jonah's already in the whale or the great fish at this point. We learned that in verse 1. Here he talks about waters crashing in through the mouth of the whale and nearly drowning him. He is covered in seaweed and he can feel himself descending ever deeper into the heart of the sea. I remember that scene from the movie U 571 where the submarine went deeper and deeper into the depths of the sea and the ribs of the submarine began to creak and groan under the strain. Did Jonah hear something like that? Do do the ribs of whales creak and moan under the pressure of the sea? I don't know. I don't want to know. But Jonah somehow feels himself sliding deeper into the sea and into death. He is at the roots of the mountain. We would say he has passed the continental shelf and has gone into the great deep. He goes down to the land whose bars are closed upon me forever. That sounds like a description of hell. T. Desmond Alexander puts it this way in his commentary. He says, Jonah, however, also envisages his descent to the bottom of the sea as a descent towards the world of the dead. The earth beneath barred me in forever. The Hebrew noun Erez, land, earth, has here the special sense of the underworld, like a Palestinian city, Jonah views the underworld as having a gate which was locked secure by bolts and bars. There could be no escaping from it. Once in Sheol, Jonah would be imprisoned there forever, end quote. So, whether literally or metaphorically, Jonah feels himself slipping into hell. But then these marvelous words, When my life was fainting away, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came to you into your holy temple. This is the Old Testament version of the salvation of the thief on the cross, right? Talk about a last-second conversion. As he is slipping through the bars of hell, as it were, Jonah remembers the Lord, and his prayer goes up into the holy temple of God and mercy comes down to the depths. Listen, my friends, if this doesn't give you some hope for the conversion of your sick and infirm relatives, then you aren't paying attention. Even after they have ceased to respond to you, they can hear you as it were in the belly of the whale descending, as it were, towards the very gates of hell. Preach the gospel even still, and it may be that even as they draw near the gates, they will remember the Lord. They will pray to the Lord, and that prayer may even still ascend to the Lord and summon mercy and grace at the hour of greatest need. Verse 8 goes on to say, those who regard, pay regard to vain idols forsake their hope of steadfast love. This is a very hard verse to translate, but it seems to express Jonah's understanding that God knows how to break us of our idols and to return and refocus our trust and worship to himself. Verse 9, but I with the voice of thanksgiving will sacrifice to you What I have vowed I will pay, salvation belongs to the Lord. Many scholars say that this is the appropriate title or theme for the book of Jonah. Salvation belongs to the Lord. That's what Jonah learned in the belly of that whale. He learned that God is very good at shaking us free from our idols and calling us back to our proper love and service. God knows how to save us and to restore us to the life that we were created to live. Thanks be to God. Verse 10, And the Lord spoke to the fish, and it vomited Jonah out upon the dry land. In this chapter, whether literally or metaphorically, Jonah the prophet died and was buried and rose again on the third day. Coming forth out of death, he went and preached repentance to an unworthy people. Jesus said that this Old Testament story was a type and anticipation of his own life and ministry. He said that in Matthew twelve thirty-nine to 41. He said, an evil and adulterous generation seeks for a sign, but no sign will be given to it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. For just as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, so will the son of man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The men of Nineveh will rise up at the judgment with this generation and condemn it, for they repented at the preaching of Jonah, and behold, something greater than Jonah is here. Jesus says in this passage that he will perform the sign of Jonah before the eyes of his own evil and adulterous generation. But what exactly does he mean by that? Well, obviously he means that like Jonah, he will descend unto the dead for three days and then he will rise again. The fish of Jonah is thus compared to the tomb of Jesus. Just like everybody thought that Jonah was dead and gone, so they shall think that of Jesus. But just like Jonah, Jesus will arise from the dead and preach repentance to the nations. At the very least, Jesus means that. But does he mean more than that? Scholars wonder, T. Desmond Alexander, for example, asks, Is Jesus indicating here that just as Jonah's mission led to the deliverance of Gentiles and the destruction of Israel, so too will his own? Remember, Jonah preached repentance to the Gentiles, and by so doing, he also became unwittingly and unwillingly the instrument of Israel's destruction. Jonah preserved the rod that would smash the clay pot of northern Israel. Is there not a sense in which Jesus' ministry did the same? Did it not result in mercy for the Gentiles and judgment for the Jews? And of course, there is a sense in which the answer to that has to be yes but the New Testament gives us every reason to hope for a great and future outpouring of grace upon the whole people of Israel prior to the return of the Lord. So it is yes and no. It's complicated. It's mysterious, as is the book of Jonah. As I said yesterday, so I say again today, Oh, the depths of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and how inscrutable his ways. Old Testament and new. God moves in mysterious ways, but he is always right, he is always just, and he is good. Thanks be to God. And thank you for listening to In of the Word. If you're interested in additional resources or previous episodes and series, you can find those over the website at www.into You can also check us out on Facebook, and I hope you do. We have a growing community of Bible readers over there, and we post daily encouragements and conversation starters. Hope to see you there. And hope to see you again tomorrow, right here, for another episode of In of the Word.